I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Connecting the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So glad to have you here on the weekend edition of the Chris Ann Hall Show, where we endeavor to bring you fact, not fiction, constitution, and principle, not agenda. I'm with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall, and give J.C. a warm welcome today. Hey, hey. Hey, hey, what's up? We have been in Oklahoma. Uh, this past week, having such an amazing week. We started off in Tulsa at the Christian Heritage Academy, teaching 300 high school students about the Constitution. Not only just teaching them, JC, what was amazing is the administration brought me in to teach a six, a five-hour seminar on the Constitution to the students at Christian Heritage Academy in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. That was Tulsa, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yes, that was yes. Tulsa. Uh, these these have been literally 14-hour days every day, all week, and uh, I'm beginning to lose memory about uh, where I am, what day it is, and, you know, how, how things are supposed to be moving forward. We also taught at West uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan University. We taught over 500 college students there about the Constitution. Yeah, it was good. There were quite a few uh, walking out that I overheard say, wow, that was impressive. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of discussion about it. So, you know, it, it's, it's always interesting uh, in the college settings. In a lot of places, I mean, you're still dealing with kids, yeah. uh, essentially. I mean, some of these 17, 18-year-olds, right. you know, so you still have, there's always the handful that, you know, it's tough to reach some of them. They're really, they're, they don't even, they don't care about much of anything at this point. <laughs> so they have the play mentality. But um, we also taught, uh, I taught on Friday yeah. at Oklahoma Christian University in Oklahoma City. Yep. Where uh, I will I taught throughout. Well, that was wait a minute. Thursday night I taught at the at the invitation of the Young Americans for Freedom Club that they have at Oklahoma Christian University. Yeah. That was amazing. Really we good. we had a huge room. I mean there, yep. and even the the group leader. Do you remember her name? 
Abigail. Abigail. I knew it. She's a beautiful lady. And uh, they girl. had, she's a lady. Okay. Well, she's not a I girl. I don't know how that works. She is no longer a girl. A girl look, is like 12. They, they look like kids to me. Yeah, well, that's because you're everybody, getting old I know now. everybody looks like <laughs> a kid these days. I was just having that conversation with somebody. I don't remember who it was about the older I get, the younger everybody else gets. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, um, Abigail was so excited about how many. We packed out that auditorium. Yeah. And we had teachers. We had students. And uh, a good number of them were locked in. Uh, like you said, there were a few that, that had to be there because they wanted extra credit or sure. they had to make up for a lost class or something. So you could tell they were just serving their time. But I can't help but believe that something something dropped into their spirit oh, that absolutely. will pop up later, definitely, right? Definitely. And then Friday, Friday, I taught two classes, 100 students each on the sovereignty of the state and the essential check and balance of the state and the federal government uh, of the state on the federal government. And then uh, Friday afternoon, you taught a class on your presentation. It's actually a senior seminar class uh, on the civil war. And you taught your presentation on the um, uh, your, your new class uh, um, Amer- what is? Oh, sorry, brains not functioning. More than victims. Thank you. America's Black History, yeah. right? And by the way, you don't you don't know this because I I just I, I was just having this conversation. It just happened. Um, somebody actually reached out to me about making a documentary for that thing. So we have uh-uh. we have a mutual friend, uh, you and I. Yeah. That uh, he worked on who who who's worked on making documentaries uh-huh. and things like that um joseph uh so anyway yes there's there's yes! Uh, people yes! asking and, and he's look, he's looking over the presentation joseph. and uh powerpoint oh, slides and all that so anyway what amazing cool. joseph is so cool and his wife is so much fun i love her and their kids colton and her and their kids got along so good you have you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna tell it i I, i'm just gonna assume that god's gonna make that happen i'm expecting i'm gonna claim it watch me chap some people and i'm gonna claim it because this is an amazing powerful thing that's good and for joseph to be excited did you send him the video i just did but you know i think to me it's right on time for what's going on Uh, kanye's off the plantation and they've called out the dogs to to chase him down and bring him back Kanye, get back here, boy. Put them shackles back on. You you can't be you can't be stirring up these other slaves like that. You you better get back to this plantation. <laughs> you know that's that's amazingly uh, accurate. Unfortunately, because I we I heard some some host on some CNN. C- was it CNN? There, there's there man. They are out of control. They went full on racist attack on Kanye. He's scaring them to death. Yeah, what's amazing is I saw this on, uh, or we heard this on CNN, or we watched this, and and somebody said, why are the, the, why are the leftists in the Democrat Party, why are they so upset about Kanye? He's just one guy. Why are they freaking out over one guy? And the bottom line is, it's the you know it's the analogy that you just made. 
It's the same reason the plantation owner freaked out when one slave got away. Because one slave getting away teaches the others that it's possible. The whole purpose, uh, the, the whole power behind slavery is this understanding uh, amongst the population that you are powerless. Think about it. How does one slave owner control 20 and 30 people? How do they keep them to uh-huh. stay right there? They make them believe they cannot go. So one slave that leaves makes others say, see and think, hey, I don't have to stay here. Well, you you can enlist other, other slaves to punish the runaway, like Michael Eric Dyson, professor of Georgetown University on MSNBC. Professor. Uh, said that. Kane West. I got a thing in my craw today about professors. So Kane don't even West me. speech. Th- he says, "Quote: This is white supremacy by ventriloquism. A black mouth is moving, but white racist ideals are flowing from Kane West mouth." Now I cataloged the entire Kane West <laughs> appearance. Okay, <laughs> I can you, tell you. Help yourself. Everything that he said. If you go to my Instagram. Uh, I posted this. I have a catalog of every single thing he said. I find not one white supremacist ideal flowing from Kane West's mouth. Yeah, and I don't understand. A black what man this saying I'm free is a white supremacist yeah, ideology, so I guess. He said from the top, from beginning to end, one, he said, well, he basically, and this is not word for word, but this is what he said. Okay. Mm-hmm. Welfare can incentivize not working all right which we know so welfare makes people not want to work okay didn't say all people he didn't say every time he didn't hmm. say welfare but he said it can make people not want to work right he didn't say public assistance that's all it does whatever but he, he said that uh you know you have this sometimes in the black uh home is what he was talking about the, the man can lose his job and he said you know you go on welfare and we'll, we'll pay you more money We'll pay you more money to be here on welfare and have kids than you can get paid uh, having a job, you know, and, and, and it was in the context of lack of jobs. He's talking about lack of jobs, lack of opportunity. And then he t- talked about him, his own personal experience that his parents were separated. He didn't have much of male influence, no male energy in his words in, in, in the house. And of course, then he said there's not much male energy in the family he's married into. Uh, which is the Kardashians, if you don't know. Um, He said the Hillary campaign, the I'm with her uh, slogan and this ideal did not appeal to him as a man. Mm -hmm. It didn't make him feel like, you know, give him the image of he could go out and, uh, you know, throw his son up in the air or whatever. Play catch, he said. Play catch, yeah, I forgot. Play catch, what he said. Um, Then he talked about, and he talked about Trump's campaign made him feel Empowered, empowered okay like superman yeah then he talked about <laughs> favorite superhero <laughs> yeah and it was the makeup specifically some about make the make america great so it was like slogan versus slogan i'm with her versus make america great he said mm-hmm. this thing made me feel empowered he said mm-hmm. um he talked about how trump's uh focus on business and indus- industry inspired him to boldly boldly press his own business interest uh, in that discussion, he, mm. he described uh, that his desire to see Chicago positively impacted and, and bring jobs caused him to walk away from a better deal he could have made in his, his business. 
Uh, he said we need help transitioning and educating people with mental health issues. Then he talked about 13th Amendment. I don't know the whole background of his discussion with that. That's some. That's a thing. I didn't fully understand all of that. But he said 13th Amendment was a trap door. At the time, it was illegal for African-Americans to even read. Uh, he said we need partners talking about um, talking about the, the kind of the crime and, and, and uh, criminal justice. He said we need partners, not prison sentences. Um, he talked about himself personally. Again, I'm, I was, you know, wrongly diagnosed bipolar. Actually, the doctor told me I was actually sleep deprived. And he said he's smart as Nikola Tesla and Sigmund Freud. Yeah. Uh, and there's some other things. But uh, I pick it up after the break. You're not going to find any white supremacist ideals in anything that he said. So these guys are so deranged. They hate Trump so much. Just the fact of him being with Trump and saying, I like Trump. Then they come out with all this racist, white supremacist, all this nonsense. But you can't look at actually the content of what he said and make that make sense. I think that there, I think that it goes deeper than a hatred for Trump. And I want to talk about yeah. that when we get back as well. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we're talking about the madness of this unleashed attack on Kanye West. Yeah. This un, 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 I just outrageous. It's crazy. And let me, let me, let me close this out. On this I, poor man. Let me close this out because I want, you know, I want you to hear it. Maybe some people didn't listen to the speech. The, the left claims they... They can't even understand what he said. Now, I know Kanye West, as we talked about, is sort of a stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness type expression. You know, the guy is well, sort he's of artistic. I was going to say quintessential artist and, you, yeah. you know, this sort of flaky artist. But thing he's that not you, unusual for that kind no, of absolutely of not. So the delivery person. delivery is unique to him, you know, it's, or it's unique in the sense of that's not necessarily how. A law professor would speak. Everybody, right? But nevertheless, the content of what he's saying. So continuing, need to we need to empower industry, bring it back. This on, is Kanye yes, saying this. Need to empower industry, bring it back on shore. Uh, he talked. He he cited Ford as an example of American companies that that they should they should make the best, produce the best, he, and and you know, and then he showed this sort of uh, whatever hydro plane something. Um, the president should have the best planes, the best everything. He said, when the president doesn't look good, we don't look good as America. OK, uh, liberals need to understand that if our, oh, if our president doesn't look good, U.S. doesn't look good. We make things in China uh, and we hurt ourselves. We hurt our economy. We put people in a position uh, to go to prison because of lack of opportunity, because we're selling all our jobs overseas and uh, they're making the money off all the junk that they dump here. Uh, he says, I was programmed to think as a victim, to look at racism over industry and that the black community, he says, has this mentality when when blacks have and he said when blacks have their own uh, own property, 
an industry or when they don't have their own property and industry, they can be distracted and controlled by surface issues uh, and manipulated by this racial Mm -hmm. label. Like dog whistles. He said police violence is uh, the police violence issue is a legitimate discussion. But in how we're going about it, we're promoting hate. He said, but also black on black violence needs to be discussed and that we can't operate as a community and as police officers off the concept of force. But we need to operate off of love. I don't understand how that's white supremacy. Um, He said liberals control people through the concept of racism. And so the example was, you know, he's going to visit Trump. You can't visit Trump. He's a racist. So there, you know, his his thought is uh, what he was trying to say we need to have a discussion, right? We need to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. How can I have a conversation if you're saying I can't even talk to this guy because of this racist label? So therefore, you're controlling me, right? They're stopping mm-hmm. even the connection mm-hmm. to happen. The control. And, that's yeah. the key. That's the con- control. So he says they want me to hate somebody or hate the president just because of some racist label. Um, uh, let's see. He says... Uh, racism racism uh won't control me so that's an invisible wall you can't control me you're not gonna you know get me off my game by racism i can succeed in spite of this um he says <laughs> to this one reporter asking him he says i don't answer in sound bites he said issues are complex they're not simplistic you, you want sound <laughs> bites he said you're listening to a fine wine <laughs> you're taking in a fine <laughs> wine it's not it's not that simple um He's a funny guy. Talking about the Chicago violence, he said uh, stop and frisk harms uh, relationships between citizen and police. He said we need to get industry into Chicago and get jobs, and that's what will help. That's one thing, the main thing, uh, it's the point he's trying to make, will help the violence because people turn to crime because of lack of opportunity is what he what mm-hmm. he was trying to get across. Uh, he said Vietnam and China, uh, talking about Levi's and mm-hmm. these different uh, companies are harming Chicago because all the jobs are going over there and people not to be employed here. He said we need Yeezy ideation centers in Chicago, which he described um, working on education, mental health issues, sports, and the arts, kind of like LeBron James things, I guess. I don't know. He's talking about uh, Larry Hoover should be freed. I don't know the details of that, but he mentioned that a couple of times. Um, we need. He says we need local block leaders like the program Jim Brown uh, was working in uh, leaders who come from the streets, he said. Local leaders, leaders that are us, not outsiders trying to come in to manipulate us. And then he said, you know, this is kind of his worldview philosophy, live for today, live for now. And and he talked about the slogan, make America, America great, not make America great again. Focus on now. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. So a rational thinking person 
who hears what Kanye West said in the White House cannot find a single solitary white supremacist ideology unless these guys want to assert that being off welfare is white supremacy, that succeeding in the face of oppression is white supremacy, that declaring yourself, declaring that you will not be controlled by someone's outside force is white supremacy. And that, you know, you know what that brings to my mind, J.C.? What brings to my mind is this idea that uh, we will live in a society where good will be called evil and yep. evil will be called right. good. And it's a, it's brainwashing. It's a yep. form of brainwashing. So la- the last thing he the last thing I uh, out of that was he said I'd like to see Trump and Kaepernick together wearing it because he talked about the hat. Take again off of it. Make America great. Let's mm-hmm. focus on now. And he said I'd like to see Trump and Kaepernick together wearing that hat at the Super Bowl. And he said, we need, we're one people, one country. We need to be together. He said, this red and red versus blue, it's like going back to gangs. Mm-hmm. Bloods and Crips, right, Was was is the illusion there. So, right. illusion. Um, you know, so what is white supremacist about that? We're one country. How's that white supremacist? We need to be one people, white supremacy. We don't need to be red versus blue like gangs. How is that white supremacy? Yeah, I love that analogy. It's like yeah. we got we don't have we don't have politics in America anymore. We have Crips and gang, Bloods. Gang warfare. Yeah, we have gang warfare. And that's what these leftists sound like. Yeah. And leftists is this ideology of extremism that's absolutely insane. And you know what I think is more insane, JC, is is there are extremists on the right, and there are extremists on the left. Do you know what is the insanity of this? It is the extremists on the left who are getting the majority of the media play. You don't get to hear the extremists on the right on television, right? You're not hearing them on CNN. You're not hearing them on MSNBC. You don't have, you don't have David Duke giving air, getting airtime on uh, CNN. You don't have the grand... Dr- wizard dragon or whatever they are in the kkk being a a talk show host i think that's one of the same david duke yeah well i'm just saying because some people don't know who david duke is right right? so uh i'm just saying you don't see those things but the 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 mainstream corporate media gives this this radicalized this unhinged irrational uh bigoted narrative a mainstream play that gives it a legitimacy. Can you imagine if Fox News started a news uh, program where every day for a week they had a panel of real white supremacists, right? I'm not talking about how they label people who believe in the Constitution as a white supremacist. I mean real white supremacists. What What if some news channel gave these a panel the host a white supremacist host and a white supremacist panel the the uh airtime main uh, mainstream pi- primetime airtime to have a white supremacist show what what would the american people do and yet because we have been literally and i mean this literally beaten because you see the, those who, who know about psychological disorders, 
those who who talk about battered spouse syndrome, those in the Me Too movement will tell you that emotional abuse is just as physical, verbal abuse is just as physical as somebody punching you in the face. And that's what these people have done. These race pimps, these political prostitutes have verbally abused the American people so much that we have become physically controlled into a paradigm where anything they say is okay and nothing we say is okay. Nothing. And it's just evil good and good evil. It makes me absolutely crazy. And and then the question we talked about, what makes, why are they so afraid of Kanye? Right? They don't want Kanye to leave. They don't want other black people to leave. They don't want other black people to start thinking for themselves and looking around and going, whoa, what in the world are they talking about? Yeah. What in the world? I got white friends in my neighborhood, right? My my cousin is white. My 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 brother's girlfriend is white. We got white people everywhere that we like. And not everything that they say is racist. And by the way, what you're talking about, how is it that you can call Kanye Uh, The token Negro. How can you refer to what he's doing as a minstrel show? And and you and I were listening as that as that host said that that this was an example of white supremacy, supremacy, ventriloquism. ventriloquism. We looked at each other like, whoa, that's got to cross some line somewhere. I mean, even in the consciousness of these people that has to cross the line somewhere. That is just absolutely ludicrous but i think they're afraid of something bigger than that i'm afraid that they are afraid that they're going to realize that everything that they've been saying and the foundations that they've built their own platforms on are wrong yeah i'm afraid that they're afraid I, i i believe that they're afraid that they find reason and logic in what Kanye is saying, so they have to label him as crazy so they can dismiss it as, oh, that's just some crazy thought. I, I can't have that thought. I can't have that realization. They're, and I think that they're scared to death that other people are seeing it that way too. Well, so I do think they're scared that people are seeing it that way. Um, but I, I, I'm going to have to repeat myself Okay, not not to totally contradict you, but sometimes you apply more more reason to these (laughs) folks. I think you're giving them too much benefit of the doubt. I think they're simply scared of losing control. Power. It's just that simple. Mm -hmm. They are losing control. I don't think I don't think they're so the people that are saying this, repeating this. I don't think they're rational enough to get to that level of thought that you're attributing to them. Maybe one or two, maybe a few, um, but I just think they're scared to death of losing control. And what you're saying, I think they believe other people are going to think this sounds reasonable because a lot of it does. This is the crazy thing. So this this Kanye white supremacy thing is actually all over the place now with all these guys there's this uh what is this thing medium.com e- iman 
in Milner. So this and it's and it's so many uh, black Americans, right? It's African Americans that saying this stuff, writing this stuff, mm-hmm. and it, it just point blank the title Kanye West is a white supremacist, and it's time to let him go. So when you read the article, okay, it's all completely and totally ad hominem. There is nothing, not one single shred dealing with the content of what he said. It's just pure name calling. And this mm-hmm. is a person that you you got people claiming to be Christians and believers and you know, which is how how do you think like this? We had this discussion before, maybe a spiritless Christian. The yeah, Holy Spirit right. breaks those shackles right. in your mind. You don't think like that. So but here it is, it's it's all out it's it's all over. You can Google uh, Kane, or Duck Duck Go. Kane, yeah, Duck Duck Go. Kane, white supremacy. It's just a whole list. It's just uh, constantly, right? Uh, well, because Kane fortifies the pernicious lies of white supremacy. Real clear po- politics. Is uh, white supremacy fueled Kane's comments? Kane was ignorant slavery conwits. Uh, Dyson, white supremacist. Kane West, white supremacist. See, they have to say, historically speaking, the 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 simile that we have to draw here is the fact that the slave master would often use a slave to beat the other slaves into submission. Yeah, here you go. To beat the fear into the submission and into the slave, to beat submission into the slave, and use a slave to do that. But the thing and, is, and that's and that's what we're doing. We we these these like I said, you have to understand there are people pulling these strings. Yeah. So you've got you've got the 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 race pimps and the political prostitutes that are the real ventriloquists here. Sure. Who are the real ventriloquists right, pumping right. this into the mouths of these media slave beaters? It, it is. They are slaves themselves, and they are beating everybody into a submission, and they're going frantic because if you get a picture of a slave camp and one guy's gotten away, well, you don't. Just go chase that guy. You got a historic. I'm I'm right. Look this up in history. The slave owner will have the slave beater beat the ones that are left behind yeah. to be an example, so they won't go away. But you're exactly right. That's they're the that's the ventriloquism yes. going on that side. Because when you look at it, right, it's all slogans. It's all sound epithets. bites. It's yep. all insults. You can't take what they're saying. And then compare that to the actual content no of what reality. Kanye said. No reality in it. And match it up. Nope. So therefore, what they're saying is is not coming from an honest discussion and analysis and you know any understanding of what he said. So that slogans is just propaganda coming out. So where is, where is that coming from? Who's being controlled? This is a guy who came with his own opinions. So if you flip that around. Uh, is MSNBC and CNN, are they now saying they support stop and frisk? They uh, support lack of industry in mm-hmm. Chicago. They support poverty. violence in Chicago. They support poverty. Black they on support black murder. disunity. They support violence. I mean, 
that's the opposite of everything right. Kane said. And if they're saying Kanye. they dis or Kanye said, if they're disagreeing with everything he said, then you have to agree with the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. If that's white supremacy and you're not a white supremacist, you're anti-white supremacy. Therefore, you have to be anti all those things he said. But that's the problem. They're not dealing with the content. See what happened with con content. Martin Luther King talked about content. Where is the content? Yeah, you, you're just talking in in racist. Uh, insulting sound bites. That's it. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And uh, this is our last segment of the first hour, J.C., where we have to say goodbye to those who uh, only get to hear us for the first hour. But remember, you have to go to chrisannhall.com, Spotify, Google Music Play, iTunes, uh, TuneIn.com, and you can listen to the entire show. And also in those places, you can share the entire show too. So go to uh, those places, listen and share the entire show. If you, if you are not an internet person and you want to hear the entire show on your station, you need to contact the program manager and say, look, we want to hear the whole Chris Ann Hall show. We want to hear all two hours. And then your program manager at your show can contact us and we will get them the entire two hours uh, because so much happens that we need to address this. Don't forget as well that we are Monday through Thursday in podcast on Spotify, Google Music Play, iTunes, uh, TuneIn.com, and last but not least, ChrisAnnHall.com, Monday through Thursday, the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Wow. I just, I, the, the word madness comes to my mind because that's a, 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 ref, a, a term that Matt James Madison would use. Yeah, they're when unhinged. He, when he described... Uh, the 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 state of affairs if a federal government became oppressive and overbearing to the states. He said, what state of madness? And in my mind, that word madness carries such an enormous connotation for them. And it's sort of transplanted in my mind, too. And I can't help but wonder, I can't help but wonder how different America would be if our public indoctrination centers hadn't been teaching this garbage for so very long. And uh, you and I uh, have been in Oklahoma this whole week, and uh, on Friday in Oklahoma City, we were, we were driving. It's early morning driving to the first class at Oklahoma Christian University, and we were listening to a local talk show program. Mm. A law professor yeah. from a local college speaking to another law professor 
at another college. So apparently the law professor dude is the host of this early morning talk jock show here in OKC. And um, he had another law professor on, on air with him talking about the law professor's book. But the thing that got me crazy, because the law professor's book was a little strange, but that was not it. So the law professor who wrote the book said, uh, I have a problem with the way certain people see the Constitution as a perfect document. It is a flawed document, he says. It is filled with errors, he said. He said, after all, how can you up, how can you, uh, he says, I believe that it's the Constitution. I believe that it's the supreme law of the land, but I believe that it's did better. Did he say that? I yeah. didn't hear that. No, part. he did. He said, I believe that it's better now than it was. Right, right. And he said, I believe it's better now than it was because, and here you are, guys, I know you're going to flip out the same way JC and I did. Are you ready? I mean, seriously, I need to know you're not holding. I think I just rolled my eyes. Yeah. Uh, well, you, I flipped out. flipped out. I flipped out. He rolled his eyes. So to make sure you're not holding anything hot or sharp, okay? So put it down. He says, I believe the Constitution is better now than it was because, after all, the Constitution and the men who wrote it deemed that persons were three fi- that certain people were three-fifths of a person. Mm-hmm. Certain people were three-fifths of a person. And so for my mind, right, that's not unusual. You guys know people don't understand the three-fifths clause. But what got me f- spun up is that I got one law professor who's teaching in a law school obviously teaching that the three-fifths clause designated people as three-fifths of a person, and another law professor who has a talk jock syndicated radio show coming out and saying, yeah, yeah, you're right. Are you stinking kidding me? I mean, I'm saying, people, we can't be quiet about this anymore. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Our second hour of principle, fact, constitution, and I hope reason and reasonable reasonable explanations and reasonable commentaries and factual commentaries. Remember, you can find us at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are always liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. I am with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And, I, you know, J.C., you haven't seen this, but you remember I was just in South Dakota, yep. right? So I was just in South Dakota and Sioux Falls. I just came across this. I didn't know this this uh, this d- existed. I wish I had known it existed, but maybe God knew better, right? So apparently they're in 
in uh, South Dakota, there's a newspaper or an online news source. I say that word news uh, lightly. It's probably more like a blog site called the Dakota Free Press. And the subtitle, are you ready for it? South Dakota's True Liberal Media. Okay. Okay. So where do you think this is going? Because this this uh, this guy named Alan Heidelberger did an article about me coming to Sioux Falls to teach state sovereignty. Oh. Ah, he says. Chris Ann, this is the title of the article. Chris Ann Hall brings questionable constitutional read to Sioux Falls October 1st. And I just I just find this very interesting because uh, apparently reading the Constitution to understand state sovereignty is questionable. But what really was interesting about this article was that it was he's he's drawing all these conclusions and he admits uh, I know nothing about Chris Ann Hall. As a matter of fact, quote, I don't know Chris Ann Hall's work. And yet he writes a whole article about what, what I'm going to say uh-huh. and how crazy it is. And you know what it's based on? The fact that the group that brought me in was the Libertarian Party. Uh. Libertarians are whack jobs, he says. And how could anything be good, that the, any education be good, that the Libertarians will be bringing in to teach the people of South Dakota, especially when it has to do with state sovereignty. And then they posted my my interview. Do you remember from the Red Pill Expo? Uh-huh. The interview that I did with the New American. Okay. Right? So they posted uh, a portion of that interview uh, to, to uh, talk about how uh, I was calling out the public school system as Marxist training camps and... Um, which it is. Which it is. It is. And uh, obviously he knows I'm not going to be teaching about that because it says that I'm going to be teaching on state sovereignty. This is not an education class. But here's, here's what he says. So he quotes the advert, the Eventbrite blurb about me and and uh, or about the presentation and the ad by Bur- uh, event bright blurb says what is the real now solution for federal o- overreach article 5 convention gives a 5 to 10 year time frame if we don't have 5 to 10 years to put the federal government back in its proper boundaries there's no time for pointing fingers chris ann hall gives real time solutions that we the people need to correct this federal government out of control no opinions just historical facts. And this guy, this liberal media. The uh, real liberal media. The real liberal media of South Dakota says, quote, no opinions, just historical facts. That sounds a lot like the assertions of absolute and, ap- and in irrefutable factuality. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. It's a bad thing. <laughs> It's a bad thing. Oh, no, not factuality. <laughs> what is, 
Is that a real word? I don't know. When you're Factuality. when you're of the real liberal I'm, media, I'm gonna look that up. you don't have to make, uh, you don't have fact. to know words. No fact. opinions, just Truality. historical facts, he says. That sounds a lot like assertion of absolute and irrefutable factuality. Factuality. As if that's a bad thing. And then he tries to sling, he says, when I speak in public, uh, I I don't need to meta-assert my absolute wow, factuality. Wow, this full of big words. I just let my, spa- my facts speak for themselves. And again, now listen, this is... This is you th- mean the fact that he knows nothing about what you teach? Yes. That fact? That I, fact. I think that That's speaks for itself. <laughs> it, it seems to be speaking for itself. <gasps> and, and then when he's actually speaking, uh, it seems to confirm that fact which speaks for itself. He doesn't, he doesn't like my online biography I, I either. Find, by I can't find factuality. factuality. <laughs> uh, when I actually, uh, it comes up. And then it redirects me to factual. Yeah. Or yeah. even when I, like one is in, what is this? Fr- the free dictionary. And so you have factuality as the heading, but then the definition is actually so, factual. So you have Factuality, to- the quality of being, let's see, when did this, so uh, looks like this word was made up in- On October 20, 1st, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> no, in, in uh, 2013. Or 2014. I bet it was some so sportscaster. So it's an almost four-year-old word. <laughs> so four-year-old world. Woo, woo, woo. So this is what he says. Hall's online autobiography gives me more pause. Now listen to his factuality. Be fa- beyond her... How about pro- doofusality? <laughs> Can I beyond- make that one up? Come on. He says, beyond her professed constitutionalism, he says, which term I would use to describe my own respect for the supreme law of the land, although I have a feeling she and I come to different conclusions about the application of that that. sacred document. But he would not know that. (laughs) But we're dealing with factuality here. Idiot. Stop putting in factuality, right? He's he says uh, the he says the sacred document. I don't know if he's saying that in sarcasm because he doesn't put it in italics or quotes right. or so anything. So does he think it's sacred? Does he or think it's sacred, or is he, he thinking I think it's sacred? Yeah. Right, right. So he says, I'm "Hall, pretty, you, do you think it's sacred? I mean, it's just a legal. I mean, it's a legal document. It's does that mean it's sacred? It's what well, depends sacred? on how you how you define sacred. I believe that is it divine. It isn't. I don't. Okay, this is going to really chap some people. I don't believe that it's divine, but I mean sacred. I believe that it's based on sacred principles. Sacred, connected with God or the gods, or dedicated to a religious purpose, or so deserving such religious veneration. Do you think the Constitution is sacred? No. Okay. No. No. But that there are people who do. But I've never professed that. But I do believe the Constitution is built on sacred principles. That's the difference. Yeah. The principles upon which the Constitution is built are divine. They are based on natural law, based on the creation of man, based on the creation of man as a sovereign and independent free being, right? That, that our liberties are inherent and not gifts of government. Correct. In that aspect, I believe, but not the document itself. So, so I wonder me, if he would disagree with that. Probably. Did he did probably he, believes law. He said he respects the Constitution and calls himself the supreme a law of the land. constitutionalist. So then does yeah. he believe that rights come from government? Cause, I mean, because he basically right. says, you know, he and you would disagree. Yeah, he, but he has no idea. 
There's right. absolutely no idea. So here's here's what it is on constitutionalism, right? This is how he defines, and I'm guessing because this is all in the same paragraph, it's actually the all in the same sentence. He's got this huge run-on sentence, right? So professing my constitutionalism, which is different than his, his constitutionalism makes him dis- me disagree with him because of these statements on my bio. Are you ready? Do you, did that make sense? Yep. Okay. Yep. He says, Hall indicates that she denies global warming. Really? Actually, on my website, I deny man-made global warming. Okay, gotcha. but he left that out. He says, she denies the Big Bang in favor of creationism. What does that have to do with Constitution? Uh, again, denies the efficacy of vaccines. What does that have to do with the Constitution? Thank you. Elsewhere, claims Hall claims that two greatest threats to our Constitution are the Marxist training camps that we call schools that True. teach our children that the Constitution is irrelevant because we live in a technologically advanced era. And they do. And they do. And that is a threat on the Constitution. If you're a constitutionalist, how could it not be? How could it not be? And, she, he says, a wide misreading of the Supremacy Clause which she says authorizes the states to ignore any federal laws they deem unconstitutional. Uh, no, that was what James Madison said. Yes. That was well, what Thomas J- Jefferson that's said. That's what James Wilson said. That's what Alexander it's Hamilton not, not said. That's not what Chris Ann, that's not a, an opinion of yours. That's, right. That's relaying the opinions of those who wrote the document, moron. And, and so here's what we're dealing with here. And this is all the same thing. I want people to know the extreme nature of this attack on Kanye is the same attack that's coming here on the Constitution. Yeah. It is the same thing because the end goal is exactly the same, to maintain power in an overbloated government who is the slave master of the people run by those in power who benefit from the undying love, support, and servitude of the ignorant who have been educated into ignorance. And that's, this is what drives me crazy. And, and the irony, does, is anybody missing the irony here? The fact that he is bases the entire beginning of the article based on his assertion of factuality and constitutionalism and everything that he brings in attack against me and what I was about to say are not based in fact and have nothing to do with the Constitution. Except for the segment of the show entitled What Morons Sound Like is brought to you by Johnson's Memory Aid. Get it at your local Walgreens now. Seriously, this stuff makes me crazy. And I want to I want to I want to go back to the talk show host that we heard about the three-fifths clause because this is also an attack on the constitution. Yeah, and I well, I, I want us to discuss after this it, break. Yeah, it is. It is. After this break, I want to discuss this because I believe that this is something that we must bring out in the open. We must discuss this attack on the Constitution and how it's going, how it's manifesting and what it's going to do.
Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. So glad to have you with us. And I think, I think what we're doing here, I think what we're doing here is so important. And I'm serious. We're going to, to stick our hands in this dirt. We're going to work it up. We're going to look at it. We're going to... We've got to bring this to the surface. Well, we got to show the people what's really happening right. here because otherwise this JC I'm I am heart attack serious. Otherwise this will forever remain a leftist rightist paradigm. This will forever remain a democrat versus republican paradigm. I want the people to know and to be able to articulate that it's so much bigger than that. Right. Well, this the three fifths th- thing is it, it's just rooted in an ignorance, uh, uh, an explanation that's just accepted. No thought goes into it. No research goes into it. And, and it's really no. It, let me let me repeat it's very that. Simple. No research. No, and it's very simple. No research that's, because it is easy to find out yeah, what happened. I mean, it's thing. right there in writing. As I was listening to those guys on the on the radio. I thought, you know, for a law professor to to maintain that and to say that so in such a cavalier manner, you know, the ratification actuality. Yeah, the ratification <laughs> debates are easily accessible. The writings, the profuse writings of the founders, are easily accessible. There's not a single person on this planet that can point out one solitary sentence in those discussions. Where somebody said, you know, a black man is only three fifths of a person. It, it's just or we not need to write this law to but make thro- a black man three fifths of a person. Crazy. It does not. No, exist. it doesn't exist. It doesn't say that in the Constitution. It's it's representation. It has to do with representation and, and, and taxation. And, and taxation in very s- simple terms. It was to diminish the representative power of the slaveholder. So when you say, th- this is the weird thing, when you when you kind of make these statements and pretty much imply, you know, I'm against the three-fifths clause. You're really saying I'm in favor of empowering the slaveholders. Yes. Right? The three-fifths clause diminished the slaveholders' voting power. They wanted the one-for-one, so, you know, to count the slaves in in representation, but yet not give them any rights. Uh, And they wanted to diminish their tax burden, right? And, And so... It was it was a, a, a an attempt to diminish that power. Now you can make an argument about equal representation. How maybe that's not right? But who would make that argument? It was a means to come to come against slavery, and so it's a very it, it, it's interesting how the ignorance sets you up to really argue for the opposite of what what you say you believe in. You know what's interesting, JC? I when I listened to your presentation on um, uh, America's Black History, the the more than victims class, and I look at these people who who not only overcame the opposition against them, that not only overcame the, the real slavery in front of them, but but did so not accidentally, but intentionally. 
And I'm thinking of, help me remember her name, the the young lady Coppins, is that right? Uh-huh. Is her name Coppins? Coppins. And she made this statement where she said that I, I believe that, uh, that, that God has given me uh, a direction or a gift since a young age to lift my people out of the mire. And she was talking about through education, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you have that quote because that would probably be I a, do. you do. Can you go go ahead and, and share that quote? Because it was yeah. really compelling to me. Fanny Jackson Coppin. She said, I feel sometimes like a person to whom in childhood was entrusted some sacred flame. This is the desire to see my race lifted out of the mire of ignorance, weakness and degradation. No longer to sit in obscure corners and devour the scraps of knowledge which his superiors flung at him. I want to see him crowned with strength and dignity. Adorned with the enduring grace of intellectual attainments. You so see, she's talking about basically the the ignorance and and propaganda and and miseducation, you know, basically or or even any education being doled out by those who who control them. And I wonder how she would feel today, seeing members of her quote race clinging to the slaver of their past, using it as an excuse to remain in the mire. And ignorant. I wonder how these people who were overcomers on purpose, I wonder how they would feel seeing how their posterity responded. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here. Well, I guess this isn't the Daily Journal. This is our weekend edition, right? Daily Journal is Monday through Thursday. This is our weekend edition, so we get you for an extra long time. Long, long time. And so I'm excited. I'm always excited about spending this time with you and, and sharing with you what we've been through, what we're doing. And this past week in Oklahoma City has been, and in Tulsa, has been really, really great. And I have enjoyed every minute of it. And you know what I think, uh, JC, I, I, as I study the founders, I study their lives, I study their words, you get a sense and a feeling uh, about who they are. And you, and for me, I, I really, I feel like I get to know a little bit more about them uh, through the depth of the study. And we talked about, uh, you called her Fanny, what was her name again? Uh, Coppin. F- Coppin. Coppin. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is her first name Fanny? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm. you guys know me. I don't know names. I'm terrible. And so I, I wonder, JC, I think that it would be reasonable for you to speculate. What do you think? Frederick Douglass, what do you think uh, Mrs. Coppin would say, knowing the sacrifices that they made for the better tomorrow, only to see their their posterity uh, stolen into hist- uh, stolen into a return of their slavery and their servitude? Yeah, well, I'm sure they they would be fighting racial injustice just like they did all their lives, but then at the same time. You know, the idea, looking at opportunity, I guess kind of like Kanye West was saying, you know, the racism is not going to stop me. Yeah, there's racism. Yeah, there's injustice and we fight injustice. But 
using it as an excuse to say you can't achieve and you can't succeed. Yet yeah, I don't think, um, you know, reading some of these writings, they would they would have much appetite for that. Yeah, and I'm you know I I I return to that quote by. Uh, well, it's not a quote, actually. You use it as a quote, but John Adams didn't write it to be a quote. He wrote it to be a letter to Abigail, right? And so I, I return to that sentiment that John Adams had in his uh, letter to Abigail, uh, posterity, you will never know what it costs this present generation to secure your liberty. If you do not make good use of it, I shall repent in heaven that I ever took half the pains to secure it. And I have to wonder if if how many people would feel the way Adams did about how we have allowed our modern education system, uh, you know, because because the the liberal, the liberal media in South Dakota thinks that it's wrong for me to assess that the uh school systems have taken over by Marxists, but it's it's absolutely the truth. You know, we had talked about one day, JC, about making a, um, maybe a daily journal show about going through the Marxist platform, the Sololinsky rules for radicals. I really think that that would be a really, really great show. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. We have, uh, just so everybody knows, uh, coming up in October, we have a an event in uh, St. George, Utah. And this is a property rights symposium. This property rights symposium is uh, a, a presentation that's going to involve, uh, obviously, me. It's also going to involve uh, Mark Herr from the Center of Self-Governance, and uh, Jeanette Finnicum is going to be there, too. We're going to be showing the documentary Dead Man Talking, a bio documentary on the life and death of Lavoie Finnegan. And this is August, I'm sorry, October 20th in St. George, Utah. If you want to know the details about that, you can go to chrisannhall.com and click on the calendar. Now, this is not, this is a property rights symposium that helps people understand the limited nature of the federal government and the, the duty of the state to oppose the land grabs and the solutions for the people to inspire and uh, in ignite and equip their government, their state and local governments, to secure back the property of the people according to the Constitution. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows about that. It's going to be really great. We have some, some great uh, events around that, a dinner, a meet and greet, uh, and some really, really awesome things going on. So go to chrisannhall.com, look at the calendar on October 20th, and sign up to get the tickets for the Property Rights Symposium and help be the catalyst to take back the stolen lands, giving them back to the states, taking them from the federal government through all of this enormous expansion of power and land. You know, JC, I really, really wish that uh, we could carpet the uh, places like Chicago, places like New Orleans, places where we are seeing so much violence, so much hatred, 
And I wish that we could carpet those areas with videos of your presentation and then my article on chrisannhall.com about uh, titled The Constitution Put an End to Slavery But S Politicians Prolonged It. Because, you know, we were talking about how, how terrible. I don't know, JC, let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you think that these law professors actually believe that the Constitution created a, 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 a principle that men were three-fifths of a person? I don't know. They want the public to believe that. That's my point. I'm trying to figure out, is this intentional deception or is this just universal ignorance? Because uh, it's a combination. It, oh, but it just totally breaks my heart. What does the law professor have to gain? Seriously, what does the law professor have to gain in teaching these lies? How does that empower him, enrich him? This, supporting his tribe. Tribes. It's about tribe. It's about tribes. So. We'll go to the website, get the Constitution put an end to slavery, but politicians prolonged it. Please help us teach this. When you hear these people on the radio, when you see them on television, you have an opportunity, uh, or writing articles, you have an opportunity to respond. Please don't be shy. Please don't hesitate. Take that opportunity and stand up. Right? Absolutely. What do you got going on over there, GC? I was just looking at midterm stuff. It's kind of crazy. What's you know, going that's on? Heating up. Uh, so apparently th the Democrat in the Senate race in Arizona, uh, some radio shows surfaced that said she doesn't care if people go fight for the Taliban against the U.S. No, wait. That was like on a campaign trail statement? No, she was on some radio show uh, before that I guess they... Before she campaigned. That I guess they dug up, yes. Oh. But it's interesting because... because um, I think Arizona is is a, such a military type um, state. You know, I mean, they vote very sort of along military lines. It's John McCain, so that's that. The, oh. the, there's kind of that tone in the campaign. I think the lady she's running against maybe is a veteran or something like that. So anyway, it's interesting how that might play in Arizona. Might might hurt her in Arizona. Of course, the Fox News article is all about. Talking about the host being a uh, being a nine eleven truther, and you know it's got to be some some. Oh, so let's that. let's distract from the fact of the statement and and highlight the 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 tinfoil. Is that what you're saying? We can't take that stuff seriously at any right. time. Yeah, when that occupies more of the story than the fact that she said it's okay if, if Taliban fights against the U or that U.S. citizens go and join Taliban fight against the U.S. So anyway, it's just just curious how. I, I mean, you just have this theme of sort of this unhinged um, freak out and, and, you know, continually just this weird sort of narrative of whatever hurts America, you know, that's that's what we're for. So just just bizarre kind of messaging from Democrats. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I I find it interesting Anybody who would ascribe tinfoil hat to Americans today who question the 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 way 9-11 happened, because I've got a pretty good idea that a good number of Americans think that things didn't go the way the media portrayed it and didn't go the way that the government portrayed it. And I'm not saying all the way, you know, 
the the full conspiracy. But I know we have talked to lots of people who have said, "Wait a minute, now some of this just does not add up." Sure, I was a big group of people, and that, that was the other, that's the other peculiar thing that hit me. Of, I, I mean, maybe they think it's so fringe that it's only a handful of people, but I, I found that a bit uh, touch and go when you kind of make that the focus because. I think that's actually a pretty sizable group of people. But they're always trying to sort of poke libertarian because they made it out. Oh, this is libertarian. And this is what libertarians believe. Oh, my goodness. That's the same thing the liberal did to me in South Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. Libertarians. So I I guess the enemy of my enemy is 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 my friend. Right. So the the Democrats and the the Republicans come together and agree when they can attack the libertarian. Exactly. Wow. See, see, Jeff um, Washington was right. I mean, about, about more things than one. But Jeff, uh, but Washington had his finger on the pulse of human nature when it came to identifying the evils of tribalism. Yeah. And he, Washington didn't even call it tribalism. He called it factions, yep. right? Which, yep. to me, is a stronger word than tribalism. I think tribalism may be a little bit too... Uh, soft for what we're seeing today. Uh, the faction word is is a little bit harsher, but I don't think a lot of American people understand uh, the relationship of faction, right? Because we, we, it's not a daily word that we use. Yeah. But gang, now that works too. We talked about the whole bloods and crips. That's what uh, Kanye said. Yeah. You know, political red, gangs. Red versus blue. That is just... Well, f- another funny one. Apparently... Taylor Swift endorsed the Democrat candidate in her home oh, state yeah, of T- yeah. Tennessee, and then the Republican candidate shot up by fourteen percent after her, after Taylor Swift's endorsement of her opponent. So, well, but that the, was kind of yeah. Peculiar. But the interesting thing is, is that in that within that story, after Taylor Swift endorsed the candidate, she was the recipient of some really aggressive vitriol from the Republicans. Oh, true. So it was a something that went sort of national. So that's probably part of why those points went up because her the Republican candidate got a little bit of a boost from the media because you know Andrew Breitbart said any publicity is good publicity, right? We'll be right back. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the final segment of the Chris Ann Hall weekend edition of the Chris Ann Hall Show. Uh, you know, this is always the, the 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 sad time for me to say goodbye, but you know that uh, we will be back on the air on Monday with the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, Monday through Thursday, available at chrisannhall.com, Spotify iTunes, Google Music Play, TuneIn.com. And I'm, am I missing anything? Oh, we're, we are up and live on SoundCloud now. So you can find us. Don't forget, we will be transitioning. Those of you who are on the followers list from Podomatic, make sure that you, you find us on Spotify because we will be transitioning off of Podomatic. They, they charge us 
an enormous amount of money for too Potomatic. Much. Way too much money. I, you would not believe me if I told you how much money they charge us to be on Potomatic. So we are transitioning over to Spotify. I believe that we're actually going to get better service over there too. And uh, we're not going to be paying, oh my goodness, this outrageous amount that Potomatic charges us. So uh, we want to ha- thank you for your patience through this transition. We hope that you will follow us over. And I hope that you'll help anybody else who you know that needs to follow us over to SoundCloud get there as well. Uh, do you, I wonder, JC, do you think the American people are taking the midterms as seriously as they need to be taken? Um. You know, I always I think there is a sort of political culture and a non-political culture. So I think a large portion of of America never takes elections seriously. Um, they're just yeah. sort of last minute periphery, we peripheral were t- observers. <laughs> and I we think were that's talking about that the other day, talking about um, uh, precinct people and committee chairpersons and stuff like that. And when we were, we used to be in the very beginning, kind of active in our local party. And on the election day, we would go to the headquarters and help out. And the phenomenon that we saw over and over again, every all day long, people coming in on election day, not yeah. not early voting, but on election day, walking into the office and saying, hey, I'm going to vote. Can you who help? Should who should for? I vote for? Can you tell me how to vote? Yeah. Do you have a copy of the ballot? And I, and, and for us, that's that is just crazy because yeah. Florida ballots are complicated. We always have complicated amendment issues, complicated ballot issues, and you can just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo for candidates, but you can't do that with the amendments and stuff like that on the ballot. It well, just can't do that. And that's what mainstream media capitalizes upon. Yeah. You know, that's how you can, wh- whichever way it is, you know that a majority of Americans are not engaged, and so... You know, it's all about these crises and the last minute bump and this, you know, whatever the last thing is that that's why there's so much up in the air about what's happening in these last three weeks, because you had the the Kavanaugh thing. First off, if everything runs as normal, then you have certain patterns of behavior. So that's what the Democrats were counting on. Like I said, the midterm slump against the uh, uh, ruling party. But then you had this big controversy, and so they know the voters are not really that engaged. They react to events and crises and whatever the latest big influential headline is. So you really almost have the parties and their surrogates in the media vying for who can get the last uh, influential event. You know, they always talk about now the October surprise. So whatever that's whatever kind of emotional influence you can have at the end to to get the people to do what you want them to do. Yeah, well, I my concern is that people, because of what they've been seeing in the media, they've they've been seeing, uh, you know, the Kavanaugh and now uh, the Kanye has absolutely uh, saturated the airwaves. I believe we'll have a lot more people showing up to vote, but that doesn't mean they're going to be any more educated. No, and I I just really have the sense to that stuff appeals to the radical base and just does not motivate the mainstream Democrat as much as they would like to. Uh, so Well, I'm hoping that it'll motivate people to start asking questions so that they can start searching for solutions 
And then my prayer is, if you'll all join me, my prayer is that that their vision and their their uh, searching will lead us, lead them to chrisannhall.com or libertyfirstuniversity.com and this podcast so we can help bring sanity to this madness. God bless you guys. We will see you on Monday. Let me know in my heart when my days are through. Amen.